For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to McAnally's podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode number nine, Double Cross. My name is Tanzan, and I am joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hey. Chapter 15. A cruiser comes along to escort Dresden in the next crime scene, which turns out to be Linda Randall. She had been killed with the same storm that summoned the demon that attacked Harry. Murphy discloses that the Becketts, Linda's employers, had a grudge against Marcone for their daughter dying years earlier in a gang shootout. Harry reveals he's gone to the Velvet Room, and Murphy is angry he hadn't shared all the information he learned. She asks him to the station for questioning the next morning regarding the information he had withheld. So chapter 15. So yeah, the 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 cops stopping by wasn't completely random, as it turns out. <laughs> There's a reason they were in the neighborhood and came across a drunk or a drunk man, a naked man, and a slightly inebriated woman, just not from alcohol. Yeah, so um um Murphy sent Dresden to go be collected and it's funny because the cops are a little bit like wait this is the guy we're supposed to go get this naked this man is like is insulting you <laughs> well in all fairness he wasn't supposed to be naked when you picked him up but um it's yeah. a Saturday night Karen it's <laughs> right <laughs> he did not tell me I was gonna be on call <laughs> date night with Dresden more than you bargained for but yeah um so yeah, it is kind of cute. Uh, Susan has a cute little remark. Yeah, like, not bad hair. Like, she's all just she- one of those things. Hee hee. <laughs> yes, that was cute. Susan talked her way out of it. Like, oh, one of those things. Um, Smack him on the ass and call it a day. Right, but it's like yes, it's like she's still like she's feeling better because she's upchecked all the the mixing potions, right? So she's starting like physically to feel, and then she just kind of goes pale again when she sees that like you know the demon just like casually kind of picked up her car like shoved it aside it's like oh I, but yeah but she's got her little little pat terry's ass before she takes off <laughs> it's gonna make a fantastic story right. um so yeah so just like craig and in his um so instead of so yeah so the cops allow him to grab and i love like again in the insanity of the last couple days and like so like in typical bachelorhood yeah it's like the only clean thing harry's got like available or whatever is his like easter's canceled t-shirt and like cowboy boots and so like you know it's not even just like yesterday's clothes it's like t-shirt sweatpants and cowboy boots but to top it off i will not forget my duster Like, let me just show up to your crime scene as a professional <laughs> consultant you hired. Being a wizard is a lifestyle. Isn't that right? <laughs> Hashtag influencer. Clothes do not make the wizard, okay? <laughs> yeah, Easter has been canceled. They found the body. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Harry's a little bit surprised because when he shows up, he's like, you know, there's like cops everywhere, finds out it's the same like MO, we got an exploded heart. He's like, oh shit. Murphy's like, yeah. Turns around, he's like, yeah, it's this chick named Linda Randall. And Harry's like, ooh, ooh. I'm glad that Murph turned around because he doesn't want to. And I have to admit, the first time I ever read this, I was kind of like, well, what's the 
big deal. Like, Murph already knows you blew it and went to talk to Bianca after she told you not to. Like, and then I was sort of like, afterwards, it becomes a bit more, and they talk about more stuff, right? Because she's like, well, maybe if you told us something, we could have, like, done something to protect her, or at least get the information from her, even if we didn't know this was going to happen. Um, I think in some ways that she's trying to give him at least a little bit of leeway. Like, here is your last ditch effort to make it right. Yeah, no, I get that. But at first I was confused about why there was a need for that. I was like, why is it such a big deal that... And then, you know, on subsequent couple of rereads, I'm looking at it again more from Karen, right? Because at first I was like, fuck, Karen is like freaking out so much. Like, it's not like Harry knew he didn't do anything. But I'm like, oh yeah, Karen's point is though that like you went and did this when I specifically told you not to. But now having done that, you didn't tell me all the results or information, right? You didn't tell me you got a lead from Bianca that led to Linda. Um, and now, exactly, like, we might have been able to do something to protect her, which, probably not, given the circumstances of the murder, right? But Murphy's like, at least she would have been a person of interest. We might have known that, you know, and Harry's like, oh, yeah, shit, I didn't think about that, right? That I sort of made her more of a target by searching her out and talking to her, whereas maybe they wouldn't know or wouldn't care. Right. I mean, at this point we still don't know what Linda Randall knows and what information she would have had for Harry. Right. But I just remember started thinking that originally. I'm like, wow, Murphy's being so like hardcore about this. Like she's being so bitchy and like, what did? And now I'm like, okay, now I'm understanding it more from Murphy's side about. Well, there's loss of life that involved. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, exactly, you know, that it was like at the very least, even if none of us could have predicted, you know, um, that this, and obviously there's nothing the police specifically could have done about to prevent this type of murder, right? They could have had all the policemen they wanted guarding her. Um, but the fact it's like, you know, we would have thought to talk to her and maybe we could have, you know, pressured whatever. Maybe we could have got the information out of her. Now she's dead. You don't have it and we don't have it. You know, like that part. I mean, not to devalue the loss of life or whatever but you know what i mean but like exactly right it's like the police are like well you didn't convince her the first go around maybe we could have you know maybe we would have talked to earlier instead of her waiting to come around and talk to you and all that kind of stuff but but yeah i just remember that initially just being like wow murph take a chill pill and now it's like okay <laughs> I, I i get more i understand more where she's coming from now and why this feels like yeah. And it, it's pretty quick to see as the scene continues on, uh, especially why she's so upset, because it's discovered, you know, she, Linda Randall had Harry's business card on her, you know? They find it in the apartment along with the rest of her belongings, and it's a little bit that much more, like, okay, you incriminated yourself this morning, or yesterday morning. It's the middle of the night. It's the middle of the night. So, incriminated himself in which part? Uh, when he was at Murphy's office, you know, he was like, oh, I don't know, like, I could have pulled it off. You know? Oh, okay, okay, that way, yeah. Like, and she made the comment, it was somewhat of a joke, and she's like, <laughs> like so you're naming yourself as a suspect? suspect? But it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, and here's also my business card, and here's also, they're doing it by the, uh, Harry's figured out that, oh, yeah, they're doing it through the storm. Yeah, and, and I was like, well, why did you tell me that before? I just thought of it. <laughs> Which like, we know is true, but, yeah, you start. So, exactly, so I, it, it's also from that point of view that Murphy's like, buddy like star stacking the stuff is like real convenient it's every day after the fact that you <laughs> yeah. suddenly have a business card and a woman and a name and a and, fact and it's it, like almost like that serial killer thing where like 
they help you a little bit, you know? Like here's your little tidbit of information. A little bit of tidbit, like they're if like you can figure it out. And they're catch the me. ones always calling the hotline. <laughs> right. Like, he's like, hey, <laughs> what if? <laughs> oh my God! Look at this dead girl. Wow, where did she come from? But yeah, exactly right. I started to see it. Like it but first, you know, it was very much more absorbed in like the Harry side. And Harry's the good guy and everything's good. And you're like, wow, Karen, he's your friend, right? But exactly. You're like, well, they don't know each other. Like I say, they don't have a hardcore relationship at this point, right? And these are things, you know, that I was like so just gung-ho on like the happy, happy side originally. I'm like, why are you giving, like, he's a good guy, Karen. Come on. Fucking but chill. <laughs> you start exactly right. I'm like, oh, I'm like better understanding Karen's where exactly right. Like those things didn't stand out to me as being suspicious the way she's viewing them until you're like oh i get it now it's like what he didn't know her right he just met her yesterday and now she's dead okay yeah it's not the coincidence it's the motive right like yeah exactly i'm like suspicious circumstances suspicious circumstances yeah yeah and he tries to like bluff it off and play it out so say i had a psychic vision you know and right and you sort of get that because he doesn't know either i think murphy does throw him a bone like she holds up the card but it hasn't been logged into evidence yet so he's like okay i know she's giving me an opportunity i just don't know what she wants to hear if she wants me to be like oh a lot of people have my card and she can just be like okay i don't know whatever or if she thinks there's more to the story and am I going to fuck it up? I like, like, does she want me to just like feign ignorance so she can feign ignorance? Or she's like, I know there's something. Give me the goods. And Harry in his mind is like, I can't give her the goods. So definitely has a moment of consideration whether he's going to or not, but decides that it's too dangerous for Karen herself. Yeah. Because how is she going to defend herself over magic? If, if the shadow man, shadow person. Yeah figures out that she is hot on the trail. Yeah, exactly. He's then, like, well, yeah, I barely talked to the white council that doesn't give a shit about laws. Y- human civil laws, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I get that. You're right. That is the moment of consideration, but Harry more so like he say he's wondering how to play it initially like is Karen want me to take the out or does she want me to come clean? And that's kind of what he's not sure at first, right? He's like, okay, she hasn't logged it. Does she want me to just be officially like, gee, I don't know. So Karen can go, okay, I don't know either. Thanks, Harry. Or is she actually looking for like, no, don't. I don't want to play the game. I don't want like a fake reason. I want like actually fess up and tell me everything. Right. And then. So, yeah. So he sort of like tries to do the. And when she's like, mm, not good enough, then he's like, um, right. Okay. A lot of people have my card. I don't know how she got it. Right. Because she's like, yeah, if I give her the real scoop then she's gonna look at it from the cop and be like okay that makes you more suspicious than less suspicious and harry's like i don't have time to deal with that i don't want you know i don't want to put her in that position but again now that the shadow man has sort of faced him harry knows he's a bigger target too right it's not just anonymous oh the police are fumbling around they don't really know it's like okay there's a specific other magical wizardly target and he already like literally just tried to kill harry right so harry's like I can't get caught up somewhere waiting around where I'm like, you know, sitting in a holding cell waiting for, you know, the cops aren't going to understand or care about that shit. And another thing on top of it is that like Linda Randall's been dead like minutes, really like her phone call to the police was she was on the phone with the police when she died trying to call for help. And it's like unlike Tommy Tom and Jennifer Stanton, where, you know, she 
discovered the next morning by the hotel Room staff service or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah. This one is or like, mates. so the police were on the scene in minutes, get there. Murphy tried to contact Harry when that didn't work. She called for him. So like Lyndall Randall's been dead less than an hour at this point. Which is a several hours do, different. Do from you think it's the? I sort of. Feel, I mean, I guess it depends how long the scene played out at, at Harry's because she was supposed to show up at nine o'clock, right? So obviously it happened before nine. Um, well, because she was supposed to be there, right? Like, however. Um, but at the same time, how long does a demon attack take? How long does a demon attack take? Yeah, I was. I kind of figured it's like been a couple hours in the middle of the night. But you're right. None of that necessarily took that long. Like, Ooh, which makes me think. Why wouldn't those patrollers and Susan be uh, an alibi for Harry? Because they she they found her. well the patrollers not so much they don't know why they're hanging out nude. Yeah, Susan yes, but again it could be kind of like Morgan. Morgan's like, well you just summoned it and lost control. But you're right, it's fair that he doesn't again unless that's crossing more lines and he's willing to let Murphy in on this point about right. actually having demons running around his cards really close to his he chest. He is, yeah, but that is that is kind of an interesting that yeah, he could have been like, "Well, I was busy fighting off a demon. I couldn't have been here killing Linda." But so, sorry to poke holes at you, Jim Butcher. I just No, that's a fair. Just thought of that right now. But yeah, but point being is is we don't know. It hasn't been, yeah, whether it's an hour, a couple hours, or whatever. Like you say, it's not as well, hugely I, significant. I would say that it is like, you know, within the hour. Because first of all, if you read through the text, it's not very long. I mean, I mean, the demon toad fighting through the door was kind of the longest part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it then after that is them running down the street. And that didn't take much time at all either. So I would say like all in all, that's probably only... 15, 20 minutes of fighting oh, and such that. like that, right? So and you that's think like cops have shown up by like 9.30? Uh, more or less, I would say so, because it's like, even if Linda Randall was like getting ready uh, and wasn't running so late or anything like that, I feel like by the time the cops were on the scene would have been like 9 o'clock then. And yeah, then Murphy's right. calling, yeah, she's not getting through, sends cops. So I think, like, yeah, we're only at sitting at like 9.30, give or take, so you know? I would say Maybe 9.45 when he gets to the... Yeah, gets the and like you say, we like, know she was right after the bath, so it had to be, you know, yeah, depending like, where, she, like you say, between you know eight and eight thirty, when like probably by eight thirty. I pin her dead in only the last hour. Yeah, which, you You're know, about, he was yeah, talking to the shadow man, whether or not that was just a projection or a phantom or a so whatever. So she must have whatever. been killed first, and then he went after. Which is what I'm thinking is that like this man like was like. Linda Demon told Shadow Man talk with Dresden. It was like, he had like a really productive 20 minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Plus anything else that we don't know that happened, you know? And it's, again, uh, fair enough to assume that this was all just one person. Harry says it could be up to 13, so. Yeah, we don't know we for have, sure. You know, we it's, don't know yeah. how many people, but it, again, it's really condensed down to this timeline it's been all within less than an hour's worth of work to mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's easy for me to forget sometimes with you know like again even just this book how it's taken place in a couple days but a fair because you forget you're right it takes a lot longer to describe the demon showing up at the door and breaking in than it does for it to actually happen right like you say 10 seconds of fighting is like 
you know, 20 minutes of reading descriptions of throwing punches and kicking. And so you're right. I forget some, right? I'm like, this took forever. And you're like, oh, wait, but real time, it was like a matter of seconds or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, that's fair. I sort of hadn't thought about how I'd sort of been thinking that like, oh, yeah, Linda's killed, you know, like eight. And then like Carrie and Susan are like nine. But then by the time they like run around and do all this stuff and showered and it's like 10 or 11 or 12 or, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably not at all. So yeah, you're right. He did, he did the sorcerer or whatever has has that's the other thing to consider is pulled it off pretty because I like you say he slammed Linda oh and, and then sent the demon and then did a, a projection because that's what cause that's what Harry says he figures it's a it is a seeming or it's not just a seeming it's not just like a, a hologram but like a projected the wizard version of a FaceTime call? I don't know. <laughs> and I would say it's, Harry's had his moments of being like, we've already seen now, like he gets tired after he's been casting or brewing potions or something like that. So it's a little bit more in the favor of like, either this is a really powerful or there's multiple of them because to have pulled off three big things in this really short time it's like the dude hasn't had time for a coffee break. Yeah. And, and, and has done all this and then as the as the next chapter progresses on too, and we see the rest of this night go on, it's like, as we get involved with Marcone and his buddies again, and you, and as we'll see, as uh, there's a traitor among Marcone's ranks, it's like it was kind of a fourth thing going on too, because like I, he also had time to hire a hitman on Harry. Like that's true. Well, okay, well, that could definitely be done outside. Like the timing, uh, now sure, the but pass off that potentially brings into. Um, uh, yes, yes, he had what, to intercept the... Was it directly to... Because, yeah, that's a good point, whether it came directly to him or whether Gimpy passed off to another somebody that then took it to the source. Okay, so basically, once... Um, uh, oh, as we read through the next chapter, when Harry leaves Linda's, uh, Linda's he gets jumped, uh, jumped uh, and uh, figures it to be one of Marcone's guys after he... Manages to drag him down and they have a little bit of a spat together before Harry gets dragged off by a couple of passerbys. And, you know, Harry has a split second to recognize this is one of Marcone's goons before he's gone with uh, Harry's hair, which is super detrimental to magic casting. You know, (laughs) voodoo shit. Like, once he's got your hair, like, do whatever the fuck you want. Super detrimental to who's being cast on. It's great for the magic caster. Bad for the magic castee. So, so... uh, as the next chapter goes on, and we'll see that um, there seems to have been a pass-off between this thug and whoever ordered the thug to go get his hair. So it's like, if these are all the same person, it's like, holy shit. Or there's so many of them. So I guess here's... So as Harry points out too, so Harry, like he says, it takes a lot, and this is part of why Harry figures out it's the storms, because Harry gets the idea to tap the storm himself, because he doesn't have enough juice to pull it off just on himself without you know, being prepped and ready. Um, so we know that, okay, so he's pulling directly from the storm. So that helps him out because, again, he's not having to provide, um, I don't know, it's like he's using, like, a gas generator instead of having a bicycle to generator himself, like, you know, right? Is this, I don't know, that's a bad metaphor, but... So um, the Shadow Man is not pulling the power from him. So this is why he's not tiring out. This is part of why. And Harry says, you know, he's like, um, this guy might be a bit of a heavy hitter. Like he's got sort of 
um, some raw talent and power, but he doesn't have the finesse, which is why Harry's kind of like, mm, you suck a little bit. Like, okay, you're big and brawny doesn't mean you know what to do with it. So with the heart spell, again, the majority of that could have been, you know, Harry saying, you know, the setting it up in advance, the making. So, so a lot of that could have been the, the, the pre-prep, right? Like the big boom could have come just in enacting it. Again, the, the demon summoning thing. See, that's, that one is interesting because like you say that when Morgan's like, you lost control of it, it, it's how much power and effort, like how much conscious puppeteering does he have to, you know, is it like a dog or whatever, like here's your direction, go sick. Or is it more like a marionette where he's got to, right? So it depends on how much concentration and direct oversight he would have to have with that. But again, if you're kind of pulling from the storm, right, you're like, boom, kill, boom, call, boom, FaceTime. And then with the with the handoff, that again begs the question of... Really hoping this thunder holds up before you get well, to your grocery it. list. <laughs> I know. Like Harry says at some point, he's like, he's counting on the storms that come every spring. And I'm like, okay, I get you can count on a certain amount. Like spring in Chicago, you're going to get a bunch of thunderstorms. You're by the water. But it's like... But yeah, like you're pegging a lot on this one storm tonight. Like, how do you know this one was going to last for an hour or whatever you needed to? Like, what if it like all of a sudden, boom, blew out and like halfway through here? Like, you're like, okay, well, I got one. I guess we'll just kill Harry tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> Prioritize your list. Priority, I guess. I'm like, okay, well, first we'll just cut off the source of information. Then if we can, well. Uh, we learn a little bit more in this chapter about um, the Becketts. Yes, Murphy does uh, provide a little background. Yeah, she does bring up the Becketts, uh, Linda Randall's employers. Um, and again, one more connection through Marcone, which is increasingly popping up. Uh, and it's a, a, a nice backstory on the couple. They had a daughter lost to gang violence within Chicago um, several years back. Nice that we right get the when, backstory. Not that the backstory is nice. Well, hey. <laughs> it's, it's Marcone's claw to power was this sort of fight with gang fight yeah. that just happened to involve the Beckett's daughter being caught in the crosshairs. Fire. And even that... What did I say? Crosshairs. I mean, she would have been in the crosshairs, but caught in the crossfire, which... Caught in the legitimate crosshairs <laughs> that killed her, and that Marcone even attempted to give blood money and reparations outside of the courts and just, you know, attempted to yeah, smooth things over, which they did not want. And we see that they've got money, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, regardless of that, uh, they did not win their law case. You did law not case. just say irregardless. <sighs> Come on, girl. <laughs> I, they they do end I up do becoming not like my mother <laughs> suspects though as a result of their their history because their daughter was killed by Marcone so they 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 could be not specifically by Marcone but by Marcone's men yes well and, and this is where I do find this bit interesting because when Murphy starts. She doesn't start questioning him about Linda and how he knows. So when they get in and they see and they're like, um, so she's a chauffeur. Do you know her employers? And he's like, oh, not really. You know, like kind of just shrugs her off. Doesn't really say one way or the other because he hasn't. But then Murphy's like, so yeah. So then Murphy gives the backstory and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Like they are the the more obvious primary suspect because of this loss of their child through 
Marcone's involvement. Um, but I find it interesting because, of course, my first head went to, like, we know he talked to Linda. That was his contact. He wasn't going to talk to the Beckets. And the fact that they're at Linda's apartment with Linda, right? I was like, why Why would you be asking him about, like, her employers? Like, why don't you think? But that's an interesting take that maybe he was looking to get through, like, looking to get to them through Linda. You know, that maybe the Beckets were more of who he was, you know, right? So we sort of know, well, no, Linda's the one with the information because she's the one that had a direct relationship with Jennifer, but Murphy doesn't know that yet. So while Murphy doesn't know anything about her other than she's a driver, she can put her together with the Beckett. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of like interesting little, right? Like from Murphy's point of view, they make the the obvious legitimate suspect. But from Harry's point of view, it's like they did. I mean, okay, that's useful to know, but he actually was all about, you know, Linda herself being the contact and the informant. And I'm like, layers and levels and... And then Murphy's just pissed and doesn't take any of it. Either Basically. Way. So um, the one thing that kind of struck out to me was kind of funny because he's he's describing her. Um, she lay on her back, her eyes half closed, her expression tranquil as it hadn't been any time I'd seen her. You mean the one time you saw her? <laughs> like, it's just find that term phrasing slightly. I'm like, you literally only, you talked to her a After couple times. Doctor to, to an airport. Yeah, I was like, like you didn't phone her, and then you found her in person and talked to her, and then she phoned you again. But literally, he's like, then, then any time I'd seen her, and I'm like, you, like, I guess maybe you're meeting through the course of that conversation. But literally, I'm like, you've seen her once, so one time she wasn't tranquil. But now, I'm like, it was just one of those things where I'm like, not to nitpick, but I'm gonna nitpick. <laughs> But yeah. So yeah, Murphy demands that he meet her at the station in the morning for questioning. Yeah. And Harry. <laughs> so I, I have to wash my sorry, Lieutenant, I have to wash my hair. <laughs> sorry. It's about time, Nobody Harry. Got- <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> it's really. I mean, honestly, it should be a valid excuse. <laughs> but for some reason, Murphy takes it as she's he's blowing her off. I don't know. <laughs> he just didn't get all the shampoo out when that demon attack happened, so That's true. And that well, rain he, didn't he, help. He didn't no. get noticed that the rain finally washed it out, but he didn't get to condition. And I don't know about you, but if I shampoo my hair and it's gonna dry again before I I that's literally a whole new pro I can't just condition. I then have to like rewash and condition and comb out. I yeah. Yeah, so this leads into chapter 16. Chapter 16. Harry walks to think things through, but he's assaulted again. This time the attacker takes some of his hair. Harry fights back and recognizes one of Johnny Marcone's thugs as the assailant. He manages to get some blood from underneath his fingernails where he scratched the man. So as we said in the last one, uh, Harry... Takes his leave, doesn't get a ride home this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll drag you across the city and now you're on your own. Counterpoint. Bitch. <laughs> uh, so Harry is out on the street, starts heading off in a direction. It's not really, you know, two steps before he gets jumped and beat the shit out of. And as we said in the last uh, summary, or as we were just saying, uh, this is one of Marcone's guys. He whacks Harry in the stomach a couple of times, gets him down, grabs yeah. a fistful of hair and cuts it off and says, okay, bye. Yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> quick. Harry's like, oh shit, again. And then, I mean, at least the guy didn't keep wailing on him. Um, more frightening. Fairly 
efficient, honestly. And he does figure out by, by means of what cologne. Let's see. Uh, it was the same person who jumped me in the night before. He grabbed my hair, jerked my head up, and with an audible snap of steel scissors, cut off a big lock of my hair. Then let me go. My blood went cold. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's the same guy that whacked him with a bat, but now he's taking a little bit of a different approach. So instead of just yo, don't get involved. We'll shut your mouth permanently. Now he's like, yeah, just boof, takes him down in like a football tackle, basically, to the gut. And, and and yeah, and Harry's like, oh, shit, I'm about to get the crap beat out of me, like, or beaten to death. And no, instead, and while it sounds pretty innocuous to us, <laughs> Harry's like suddenly in full on panic mode. Because as it turns out, somebody's got like, I don't know, say a big lock of your hair. They can direct a spell with a directly storm. at you. <laughs> what well, well, can, what's the word? How do you say it? Thermatological. Thermatological. Thank you. Thermatological magical attack. Yeah. Is there a correct pronunciation for something that's not real? Why, yes. Yes, there is. If it follows... It's a there's, theoretical... There's, there's rules to the English language. There, there there's, are. A lot of, there's a lot of contradictions to those rules. So... But... <laughs> in the... In, in the... Uh, I would say ensuing brawl, but it really is quite quick. But... And well, Harry, Harry scratch tries, fight. Yeah, Harry tries to make it a brawl because, yeah, he, he does his damnedest not to let the guy get away. Um, but unfortunately, passerby, good doers, God you know, damn. see this guy in a Easter Bunny t-shirt and <laughs> sweats and think, well, this is not. That would be even better. <laughs> not. Uh, that's what it was. Easter Bunny's dead t-shirt. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> well, it's too bad because he almost gets that hair back, too. He's just about to do it. Crying open. <laughs> yeah. Do-gooders. Da-da-da. Do-gooders. The passers-by. So they drag Harry off and shove him aside. And Harry's a little bit like, well, fuck, 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 fuck. Or a lot of like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> so many fucks. <laughs> so many fucks. And uh, thankfully... This is when Harry, you know, he's like, okay, panic mode. What am I going to do? I've got to follow this guy. And, oh, hey, he got enough scratches in on this guy to get a little bit of blood under his fingernails, which is just enough to do a tracking spell. Yeah. And like so many of us, he goes for like the big complicated, like, oh, my God, first, because he's like, wait, if he can use his hair to get to me, I can use me to get to my hair. Okay. But... That's going to be a whole, like, reverse engineering of what I know how to do. So, oh, my God, that's going to take me, like, hours and hours to figure out. And by then, Buddy's going to kill me. And, oh, Bob could do it. But, oh, wait, I let Bob go. And then he's like, or, wait, I could just do this stacking spell on him. Like, right, he goes to the most complicated. And, like, in panic mode, right? It's like he's trying to come up with solutions, but he's not really getting the direct A to B. Until he starts, like, he's, like, mm, like, like clenching his fists. And then is like, oh, my nails are sharp. Oh, wait, nails. <laughs> so then this is, like, I'd say, like, the most unrealistic part of the entire series is when a taxi just pulls up. And he's like, you call for a taxi? And it's like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's like, I can buy the demon toes and the shadow man. But a taxi in New York or, or Chicago. In Chicago just... <laughs> 
Dude, but bear. he called. He, that's what he said. He called because this is the whole point. Is he? He did. You said he like two steps. He made it as far as the gas station on the corner, and called for a cab. Whoa! Because Murphy didn't offer him no damn ride. Oh, I was. Oh. I totally skimmed over. Yeah. That. Yeah, no, I thought that, it was just some random cab. He starts, yeah, no, he starts one, okay. yeah, he, he, because that's kind of what he does, and then he's like, well, shit, I gotta, right, so yeah, because I think there's some backstory then about yeah, him fine. thinking about his dad or whatever or something, and that's the next one, but yeah, yeah, no, he, he made it as far as the gas station, called for a cab, so he's loitering there, waiting for when all of a sudden, that, yeah, so he's, okay. he's a standing target sure. there when Buddy shows up and just like, here's my slightly, because that's why the guy's like, somebody call for a cab? He's like, because he had legit cult. Given a quick ride to his apartment to grab some of the magical necessities, Harry's quickly on his way, following literally his nose. He's tracking spell through his <laughs> hairs. He decides to go with nose hairs to help follow, <laughs> yeah. which I hate I just, more I than anything. No. Plus, oh, plus I was just going to say, yeah, it like, plus, sucks. Be more exactly <laughs> why I thought. I'm like, rather than plucking a hair off your head. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because plucking a hair wouldn't, what is hair? He just lost so many. Ruffle in the breeze. Like, but, but yeah, it, like, you think there would be more of like, like with the blood or something that, that there would be like a, uh, yeah, I don't know. We I should just, make a diagram I think, of what I, he looks like right now. I think he's got the hair oh that's way God. straight up. He's got the black fingernails. He's he's probably got a bleeding nose from the nose hair that he just plucked. He's How <laughs> many do you pluck at a time? Are you taking like fistfuls? I just learned something about tans that I never needed to know. <laughs> All I know is it feels like bleeding at any time one goes out. God, it sucks. Don't ask why one would have to be plucked out. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I wish. I wish I could take a picture of your face right now. <laughs> Chapter seventeen. <laughs> she just lost another one right there. This is about to become a solo show. <laughs> Chapter seventeen. Chapter seventeen. Harry uses a spell to track his attacker to the Varsity Club, owned by Johnny Marcone. He blows the doors off of it, confronts Marcone, and in an altercation, Hendrix kills Harry's attacker. Other side of town, Harry gets to uh, what happens to be Marcone's nightclub and front for Marcone stuff, stuff, uh, which is the varsity. And uh, in typical Harry style, he knocks and waits for the doorman, gives his name. Requests a meeting with Marcone. He takes a moment to calm down and collect himself. <laughs> then exactly leaves leaves his business card with the butler. Waits to be announced. Makes an appointment. <laughs> blows off the door and scares the entire establishment. He does yeah. say, I shook my head irritable, ir- irritated. I don't have time to bother with subtlety. Yeah. No shit. Sure. <laughs> Holy. No. I do love that. He's like, yeah, he sort of checks it out. He's like, okay, I see them in there. And then he's like... Ooh, should I be all diplomatic? Yeah, no, no, fuck that mad. No, I'm not happy. I'm just, nope. <laughs> so real quick, blows off the door, makes a little Boom. bit of property damage. But, see, and this is why Harry's the hero, because he blows the doors out so that he's not sending debris flying into a full club of, like, innocent party goers. Thanks, see, Harry. He thinks. He, right? right? I'm pissed, but... 
<laughs> I'm not going to take it out on, on the college kids, but, but yeah. <laughs> so quite easily he spots Marcone and his uh, main bodyguard Hendrix, as well as Couples. two others. Uh, one of which is Gimpy. Gimpy Lawrence. Mm. Yes. Was it Gimpy? It like was Gimpy because he had the trick yes. knee because that was when Harry tackles him. Mm-hmm. Hears his knee go pop. And realizes that, oh, this is the guy that was following mm-hmm. me because he was looking. No, I understand the story. I just didn't Spike know if the word was gimpy. Tightly or yes, gimpy. Pale, gimpy stared at me in pure horror. Sorry. Yeah. Gimpy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so uh, pretty quickly, Harry's like, hey, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Give me my shit back. And Marcone is like, uh, excuse me? Excuse? What the fuck is up? And he's like, no, no, no. This isn't about you. Yeah, and, and and the camera pans over to Gimpy. He's just like completely pale, sweating, bullet shitting bricks. <laughs> so it, it's really not a long conversation to figure out that Marcone has absolutely no idea what the hell this is about. Uh, before Gimpy's just pulling a gun on Dresden, like hey, yeah. he's a liar. Don't listen to him. Blah blah blah. Yeah, shit, Goes to shoot before Hendrix is, you know, doing his job and sh- shoots first and. Gimpy is very quickly disposed, all in all. Yeah, they're mm. they're Mr. Hendricks is rather reactionary. Yeah, doesn't doesn't wait to find out if the gun is coming out for Marcone or Dresden or Gimpy himself. He's just like gun present, boom, dead, boss is okay, threat neutralized. <laughs> yeah. It was like just like seriously no questions asked. Mm. Like, yeah. And in the ensuing uh moments ap- thereafter, even when uh, it's determined that Marcone straight up didn't know he had a uh, spy in his mix who'd been double dipping, a- apparently, you know, paid to be an informant elsewhere. Uh, it makes you wonder now, Harry getting a baseball to the back of the head one night before, who paid for that one as well? Right. What? So that's what I'm thinking when you look at it now. It was like, oh, the baseball bat and the stay away is Marcone. And then the next day, Shadow Man is like, you know what? He's more of a problem. So that's where, because the other one is a bit more, more, and Harry even says somewhere here, like, yeah, this isn't really your style, right? But the style of the classic thug, you know, I'll give you one warning, stay out of a business. Which is fair enough, but I'd also argue that after the pizza place incident where he's like, hey, a little fucking 14-year-old, 16-year-old bitch, mind your business. It wouldn't be that much harder to be like, hey, thug, go tell that guy to mind his business. And as we were just saying, you know, he's got, you know, a 37 things he needs to accomplish every storm. It might be easier if you can just, you know, take a baseball bat to some guy's head when there isn't a storm. Because then that's one more thing you get to check off your list and don't have to wait yeah. for. That's true. I, I wanted to believe that, too. Yeah. Th- that's fair. I see what you're saying. But my head cannon is definitely, I see more proof, more. You're on <laughs> no discussion because of what we're getting with the setup here right so in this chapter we specifically um where harry's like oh yeah this isn't really marcone's style to be this convoluted and do and whatever he just he would have just taken me out with the whatever right with the gun or the you know typical mob hit kind of whatever concrete shoes um not this and secondly um um Shadow Man is proving that he's way more impulsive and way more mm, cut to the chase, right? He didn't give Linda Randall a warning, of, or at least... I, I mean, feel like you're know. proving my point. 
no, I feel like that's the thing that he wouldn't have bothered sending a baseball bat and stay away the first night and then immediately the second night be like, okay, I'm just going to kill you. You know, he would have just like, to me, he's like, he's like, boom, I'm just going to kill Jennifer and Tommy Tom. Boom, I'm just going to kill Randall. Like, I don't mess him out with warnings and baseball bat, right? Like that he just, this is him. He's like, oh, Harry's in my way. Boom, you're dead because I can. I'm, you know, getting on, I've got a magic heart on kind of a thing that, right? Whereas Marcone is much more about being orderly and business-like. And the business of mobsters is to send a guy to slug you with a bat or break your kneecaps or cut off a pinky finger, right? Because Marcone sort of said doesn't benefit him to kill here. I mean, if it happens, no skin off his nose, but so I don't know. That's why I I don't know. I definitely my head it plays as yeah, Marcone was just the warning and either way this this chapter fairly quickly wraps up with Harry getting his well, not getting his hair back because as it's quickly realized, uh he doesn't have it anymore. Which yeah. means he's had time to do this pass off, which is yet one more thing on the list of the shadow man or shadow men that has been accomplished in this night, which again we're still running like uh, at this point, we're maybe 90 minutes to two hours into the night. Dude's like... <laughs> all in all, like, because, like, you know, in the time for him to catch his taxi, go home, and track to the other side of the city, like... Yeah. Takes a little bit of time, but it's the middle of the night. I'm sure he's not stuck in rush hour, you know? Right, and the bar's still going. It's closing early, so, okay, normally bars are going to run to, like, you know, one or two, so you figure it's got to be at least, yeah, more like, you know... Probably yeah, around 11 or something yeah. max, kind of, if they're, like, closing or Like, yeah, it seems like the place is packed and in full swing, so... Yeah, you're right in your middle of your busy time. So yeah, so it's it's quite significant the scope of the Shadow Man at this point because like he he or they is very effective right. and efficient and like you said, I mean they're very much just like okay, kill these two, yep. okay, kill those two, okay, kill this one. Like, like meanwhile, four days later, I personally haven't made it to the Bottle Depot that I've been meaning. <laughs> well, exactly, <laughs> and it's like like. It legitimately murders, abduction, extortion. (laughs) And there's a point, too, to think about, like, if he's putting this much or they are putting this much extended energy when the storms are out. I almost feel like when there isn't a storm, it's a whole lot of, like, revitalize, rejuvenate, resting, resting, resting. So it's like I'm also wondering, too, if it's like, yeah, the dude gets like one night a week because the rest of the week he's just like exhausted, can't do jack all shit. (laughs) Like he's caught up. Well, Mm. uh, yeah. And that's kind of fair, too, that he's... And um, that... It, it leads a little bit more to the whole, like, I need to, you know, hire mm-hmm. Marcone's men, or I need to be summoning this or doing that. It's like he himself or they are just uh, out of their depth to a point. Yeah. And well, and that's fair, too, because like you say, well, you might be able to count that there's going to be storms coming, as we're all familiar with, whether men are not infallible. And exactly, it's like, it's great to say, okay, no problem, there's going to be storms in the spring. But like you say, for us to be able to count on when and where and how long those are going to, right? And like, uh, one more thing to add on to that, actually, is that it also has to be a storm in the middle of the night because the daytime is going to fuck up your magic. So a storm mm. in the middle of the day, if the sun is shining, that takes it away too. So like, you're you're really uh, subjected to... The, the storms at night. You have no control so it, it's, over. It's yeah, really like exactly like I, like I, as we've said multiple times, and I'll probably keep saying is like you've got a list of twenty things you need to do. You kind of don't have a choice but to be ready because when you get that chance, I was gonna say you yeah, got to get through this as much of the as, list as you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's. How many people can I kill tonight before 
Because, yeah, tomorrow might not come and who wants to miss an opportunity? (laughs) Stuck waiting eight months for the fucking dry season to get out of here. Don't put off till tomorrow who you can kill today. (laughs) McAnally's. Quote us. (laughs) Pro murder. Uh, Yeah, but I... Okay, no, that's not fun. I like it, too, how, right, so it all goes down. He's like, dude, took something. Marcone's like, whoa. Gimpy's like, ah. Hedrix is like, boom. And then Marcone is like, okay, well, I guess that happened. Um, You're free to, you're free to. Stay the fuck out of my way. No, pat down the corpse. <laughs> like, Justin's like, are you okay? Like, like Marcone's like, okay, fine. Given the way that all played out, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that, yeah, he's the one that attacked you and stole your hair, but uh, that's on you now. You can, Harry's like, hey, like, going through his pockets. And, like, I'm like, yeah, thanks. Because, again, up until this point, right, Harry's career has not been super. It's not like he's got, like, maybe a crime. But, you know, Harry's not usually the one getting up close and Doing the autopsy. With a freshly dead, but, yeah, exactly. Fresh. Like, which he just watched. Thanks, Marco. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, nothing like a little bit of trauma. Like, and then, then this yeah, body is bleeding it, actively onto your hands. Right, and it does, too. Like, Harry makes that point, too. That he's like, like, I wanted to scare the dude, but I wasn't planning on, like, people. Like, I didn't want anybody to end up dead, not me, not them, kind of, right? And that's the thing, right? He comes in being all, but, you know, again, sort of an example, I guess, of Harry doesn't realize that he's stepped up a league. You know, like, these players, he's like, oh, big, tough guy, okay, I can go bully. But no, these are fucking mobsters that don't play around. This this isn't just posturing. They they don't, I mean, they, they bluff. But if you call their bluff, they ain't bluffing, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, very... And that, I think, too, like, really freaked Harry out is that he was not expecting to escalate in that nature. Like, yeah, he figured there's going to be arguing and I can, like, blow out some light bulbs and, like, do a little flashbang, but wasn't expecting it to devolve into, like... I would say also that it's really Marcone that uh, really raises the stakes for Harry overall because, I mean, up till this point, I mean, the dead bodies has been the police's issue. It's not Harry's issue. And as much as Murphy wants to maybe put the blame on Harry, Harry didn't do that. We know he didn't do that. Yeah. As much as, you know, the signs can maybe point to him, the dude hasn't done shit yet. He's yeah. really not in that side of things, right? So it's this is really the first time that it's like, no, like, this is on you, buddy. Like, this happened because of you. This like, was... This he- was all... You, and I mean, again, I mean, like, you can put the stakes on to Hendrix or Marcone or to Gimpy, but, I mean, you, Harry's got to take some blame, You went with too. the metaphorical gun, guns blazing, it's, and they answered it, in the exactly, literal. Exactly, and, and Yeah, it, you didn't take that into account. Absolute foreshadowing for what's to come, but, I mean, and kind of, you know, in the opposite of foreshadowing, it's a little bit ironic that Harry and Marcone make this deal to... Let's stay the fuck out of each other's way for yeah, now. I'm I like, think it would be best if we didn't cross paths. We've met I, twice and shit hasn't gone well either time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I know I do. I love that. It's like right off the bat. And he's like, because mm. yeah, because Harry's like, all right, well, now you know you got uh, not necessarily a traitor, but um, like he says, somebody kind of double dealing, you know, was like, oh, I'll just get paid from both sides or and whatever. double agent. Double agent, yeah, but not necessarily to the detriment of Marcone, other than Marcone just doesn't like that shit. But, um, so yeah, Harry's like, all right, well, obviously, you know, this has become a drug thing, which is very much your business. And obviously now you've got at least one person within your organization. So this affects you. Give me all you got. And Marcone's like, yeah, true. But you know what? No. 
He's like, you totally made this like a yeah, like you basically um publicly defied me, right? You made a point of of choosing the here and now to deal with this, so I can't afford any loss of face. Next time, leave your business card at the door. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And Harry's like, ah, but dude hates you. If he gets through me, he's going to come to kill you. And Marcone's like, maybe, maybe not. But real quick, I like that later on, Marcone does give Harry's name to like his businesses because it's like, let him in the door. I don't want you doing business repairs on this shit. He's going to come in one way or the other. Stop making me have to replace doors. White knight. He's like, oh, yes, Mr. Dresden, you have an exclusive membership. I what now? (laughs) Marcone thought it would help you not destroy (laughs) his shit if we gave you a fucking platinum card to our businesses. (laughs) Yeah, true story. That was was a good one. Marcone's very practical. <laughs> Ultimately, Marcone remains the smartest man throughout the series. Whether or not you like him, <laughs> his he's policies always like, but like he's really the most the uh, pragmatic of everyone, nonstop. And Absolutely. I have to really respect that about him. Yeah, you do. I think that's part of what makes him likable, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, but he's basically like, okay, well, it's in your best interest, so help me out. And Marcone's like, it, it is, but mm, really, like. Sorry, you fucked up, and now I can. And Harry's like, I, what, what the? But Marco's like, no, I'll take my chances. Maybe he'll kill me. Maybe he won't. But mm, I don't like you now. <laughs> you know. So he gives me, he gives him like a tidbit, <laughs> right? Right? Like that's just how. Like there's that like tiger soul and stuff like that, right? Marcone is like, you're right. I I could potentially be shooting myself in the foot a little bit, but it's worth it because of the actions you've taken. That yeah. I'm willing to roll those dice. Consequences have actions, yeah. Harry. Yeah. Actions have consequences. What the fuck? Sometimes both. And <laughs> 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 we got what you were saying. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's that's that that's Marcone kind of in a nutshell, yeah. like which is good. Yeah. I I do like Marcone a lot. Yeah. My- and it's 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 fun to look back on these original scenes and see how it all started out because I've forgotten a lot of this. I'm really used to the Marcone that we know later on in this series, but it's like yeah. early on when they didn't know each other too well, it's funny to see this kind of Interact. cat and mouse yeah. dancing that they do for the first few books because it's like, oh yeah, this is how... It's a lot of character introduction. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that this is what that foundation came from. And even when you get to like the short story about Marcone even hand, it's like, oh yeah, this is how this all really started out between the two. Right. Harry being a fucking... Well, Marcone was a dick first in the limousine. Marcone was a dick, but... Uh, and now in this scene, their second meeting, Harry's really answered to that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let me call you that yeah. and raise you one. Mm. It's like, you might be able to help me, but I can see a way to handicap you more. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. Very uh, dichotomy of their personalities. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of chapter 17. Yeah. This concludes our episode number nine, The Double Cross. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and machinalies.ca. There we have our links to other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling, and thank you for listening. Yay, thanks, everybody. Ooh. Ooh.